Hola, cariño. Hola, amor. And welcome to Uy, que horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. And I'm Eileen. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> I'm uh, quite well. Uh, we are we are currently returning from a small like you won't tell listener because we're still releasing the episodes, but we've mm-hmm. had a mini break. We had a one Saturday we did where we didn't record, and now it feels oh, like madness. It, am I in a dream right now? Because I feel like I'm in space. Plus, I just came back from the reason we took our break is because I went to Florida with my boyfriend so we could see his parents who are now vaccinated. But when I tell you, <laughs> I okay, it's a different world down there. It truly like, is. And I am like mask on, get away from me, very, very paranoid about this whole situation right but you know i don't want to i don't want to catch this shit yeah but our first stop in florida was at a Publix. you know like that supermarket i they love have a Publix. i love a Publix. great sandwiches love, why is it not everywhere give it's me a rude. Publix everywhere Truly. i love Truly. it but when i tell you all these people without masks on and i was like what <laughs> the fuck is going on here I was there for a week plus, and I'm telling you, they live a different lifestyle down there in Florida. Because I was just like, okay, y'all, do whatever you got to do. I guess this is how we're doing it. (laughs) That's what was up. So basically, I've been on vacation boozing it a little bit too much. I'm just going to state the facts. Well, that's what you do on vacation. Right. And I also might have had an edible while I was down there. Shut up! (laughs) Girl. Incredibly rude. (laughs) <laughs> you never do it with me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I was like, should I tell Eileen this? I'm telling you. Well, and I I'm swear- incredibly <laughs> mad now. <laughs> it was days ago, days ago. But just the whole effect, not having traveled for a year. Did you having- fly? Yeah, girl, we flew oh, down fuck. there. Yeah, which was such a strange experience. Plus, like, you know, being in the sun, mm-hmm. I am not present but i'm so excited to talk movies with you well you know who else is uh not present uh a lot of people in this film because i picked (laughs) nice segue thank you so much um i picked this week our film and um i thought you know what i keep reading about it that's a lie i read it once (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I read about it once and I thought it was really cool and like a fun fact that Bella Lugosi's Dracula mm-hmm. was filmed simultaneously to a Spanish language Dracula. So cool. Very cool. And so I was like, you know what? Let's fucking go old school as hell. Yeah. 1930 fucking one. Th- that is 90 years ago. Holy fucking shit, dude. <laughs> Dang. Wow. <laughs> uh, 1931 fucking Dracula. <laughs> yeah. The classic, classic Dracula. Classic Dracula. You know, I, I've been very, very excited for this one, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say something right here at the top. Okay. Which, I, like, I'm kind of, like, 
embarrassed by, but also I kind of like it. I've never seen Bella Lugosi's Dracula. I am going to also confess that I have never seen Bella Lugosi's Dracula. Sorry, but everybody. It's enough in pop culture, like references and clips and stuff, where you've seen the like those major like the faces and the cape. And Plus, him, it's like, Dracula. Like we all hello. know Dracula, the yeah. mythology and everything. But I'm gonna say. Especially because we're doing this podcast, I feel like it's good that we watched the Spanish one first. Like I it agree. just feels right. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. So, so that's what we did. And so we're that's sticking what to we it. did. So everybody <laughs> suck it. Uh, <laughs> literally, because Dracula. Yeah. I mean, I nailed that. Nice. Yep. Well, let's get a synopsis from you and talk about this movie, dude. All right, y'all. Okay, Dracula. Centuries-old vampire Dracula preys upon the innocent Eva and her friends. <laughs> That's my... <laughs> my synopsis <laughs> from imdb i swear to you from imdb Thank that's you what so they much. gave us imdb it sounds so like innocent and her friends and her friends <laughs> uh great well then here we go dracula 1931 directed by george melford we open with swan lake dun 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 dun. Yeah. Which nice. Thank you. When I was in college, I had to do a a a lighting thing. Yeah. To that song, like had to be like stage left go, Q thirteen go. And you were the stage manager. I was. It was like a stage managing like. Not, I guess, like a test kind of. Sure. You had two choices: tw- Swan Lake, and something from My Fair Lady. My uh-huh. Fair Lady was the easy one, and then our teacher was like, "Okay, if you want to try Swan Lake, go for it." Like usually, Swan Lake was saved for people who were actually getting a degree on in okay. stage managing. And but I you was wanted like, the challenge. I want to fucking <laughs> do it, and so I did it and I nailed it. Because you got oh nice at the end of it. You there's like a bunch where you're like, "Go, go, go, go." You don't even say the like you, and I fucking killed it. So uh, that made me really happy to hear it again. <laughs> nice job, first of Thanks. all, to you, but also just let's give a little shout out to stage managers across the world because bless, them. bless you. <laughs> I ha- How do you, first of all, deal with actors like us, but We're also nightmares. you make it happen. You make it work. At, like every time, so thank you. <laughs> thank you, stage manager. So Swan Lake, we he- we see Carl Lamley, 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 Lamley. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is literally like the creator of Universal, and I yeah. do not know. Lamel? Lamel. Carl, L A E M M L A, Lamel L A, presenta <laughs> Dracula. We open with a carriage going up like a spooky, dark road into like a mountainous area. And inside this carriage, there are five people that are being. Tossed like a salad, dude. This carreta <laughs> is nuts. I laughed out loud because they're being like, okay, I get that they're on a bumpy road, but this is nuts. It was nuts. I was like, people are flying. Like, what is going on? Entonces, oh, man. Esta carreta, todo el mundo tirado for every place. Oh, my God. 
But oh, one God. of the men in this carreta is Señor Rainfield. And he's like, yo, driver, can you slow the fuck <laughs> down, my guy? <laughs> I just picture the people who were actually outside, like, rocking this shit. (laughs) Like, could you not have told these men to just pump it a little bit? Like, chill your brakes. I'm trying to get my lines out. This is nuts. (laughs) So, Renfield is like, holy fuck, I'm gonna barf. Can you slow down? And, uh... Another man in the carriage says, you know, no, we have to get to this posada before nightfall because it's Mm. Walpurgisnacht. Oh, nice job. Thank you so much. Which is a night of evil where the dead come out of their tombs and they suck the blood of the living. We stay in and we pray to the Virgen Maria. (laughs) And then we cut to people literally praying to the Virgen Maria. (laughs) (laughs) And here comes the carreta a mamón, like speeding down... Everybody is injured in that carreta. Necks are broken, (laughs) legs are flung over their shoulders. Everybody gets out of the carreta and Rainfield is like, hold on, leave my luggage up there because I got to fucking go to El Desfiladero de Borgo. And this large man with eyeliner and a mustache shows up. Just men's makeup. Did that old school, like, 20s, 30s, you know, leading man kind of look. Just I loved every look in this film. Like, the women's dresses, the women's hair, the... Uh, I mean, everything, I was like, ugh. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody probably stinks so bad. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. like... But a gorgeous era. So lovely. So beautiful. So this this large man shows up, and he... The, 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 the guy who's driving the coche is like... And... Mustache man is like, hey, um, so the driver is a little concerned because, you know, it's Santa Walpurga's day, which is a bad omen around here. And mm-hmm. he wants to know if it's cool if you can, like, maybe wait until tomorrow morning. And Renfield is like, no, I got to go. I'm meeting another carreta over there at El Desfiladero del Borgo. And everybody's like doing the sign of the cross and they're all freaked out about it. He's like, it's sent by El Conde Dracula and I'm going to El Castillo de Dracula. The looks of people is like, it's hard to take this seriously because it's so old school. Like I get it, the the datedness of it, if you will. But the the performances of the people in the back, just how (laughs) wide can you make your eyeballs when you hear Conde Dracula? This film is made of wide eyeballs. Yes, it is. And just <laughs> you hear the name and it's like <gasps> oh, clutch oh. my pearls. I mean, they're perf- like I love it that they're just performing in they the back there. They're selling it to yeah. the back of the house. <laughs> so they they try to convince Renfield these like little this town people that are there you know, don't go. And he's like, dude, I got business to take care of with my guy, El Conde Dracula, so I gotta go. So this older woman is like, well, at least take this cross, like, ponete esta esta cruz, it'll protect you. Mm -hmm. And he pops into that carriage, and off he goes into the night. Oh, boy. De nuevo, a todo mamón la carreta. I'm like, this cochero is like i don't want to do this oh yeah we cut to a like a crypt or a catacomb like an underground space where there's coffins like lying on the ground here and there and a hand wriggles out out of one of these coffins and then another coffin in the other side of the room opens up and this smoke comes billowing out 
And here he is, wide-eyed and caped, <laughs> El Conde Dracula. And nice so, reveal. Th- yeah, reveal. great reveal. I'm sure for the 1930s, people were like, oh my goodness. Yeah, scary. Actually scary. Totally. It's cool, yeah. And then we see throughout this catacomb that all these other women appear. They're all in white dresses, and they're all like kind of leaving these coffins and walking up and out of these catacombs. Back in the carriage... <laughs> It arrives and El Cochero oh. chucks my dude's bags. He's and like, leaves. Bye. <laughs> and Renfield's like, oh. <laughs> Truly shocked because my dude is like, see you, bitch. I am yep. not sticking around. But there's the other carriage waiting for him. And so the door opens on its own creakily and he goes in. He seems kind of wary, but he's, you know, does his thing and pops inside. Renfield looks out the window and at the horses and he sees a giant bat is flying alongside with mm-hmm. these horses and he is shook oh. by this bat. Yes. He p- comes back inside the carreta and he's like oh my Santa Maria que está pasando. It's just the beginning of work, of what we're going to see of this man's performance which is at a full 10. I- at 50. My guy, (laughs) my guy. He is committed. So they ride over this rocky cliffside into like a stony opening up to these giant castle doors that they slowly on their own creak open. Mm -hmm. And inside is this gargantuan space with like a huge staircase and high windows that are like close to the ceiling. They're not even. Yeah. I'm like, how do you, how do you do that? This was a super cool set. And I'm gorgeous. Such a cool set. And I'm assuming that a lot of this was just paintings? I think so because you could kind of see yeah. like set walls, like painted walls, yeah. but it wasn't super obvious. No. Like you, it it looked open and wide and it really scary did. and old. It's a it's an amazing set. Very totally. very well done. And everything is covered in like spider webs and looks like dreary and falling apart and everything. On one of the landings of the staircase, there's a huge spider web like yeah. from one wall to another. Like you can't like, pass. Like it's a wall thing. of a spider yeah. web. Yeah. All of a sudden a bat flies by and Rainfield is like, what the fuck? And when he looks back, there's fucking Dracula with his candlestick with his crazy eyeballs. And he's I'm like, I'm gonna say, he is a. I was kind of struck by how smiley he is. I was like, that's not very frightening. It was weird. I don't know. I think it was everything was attached to the eyes. So he's like trying to be wide eyed. So he just kind of like went with yeah. the smile too. It was very, I agree, very smiley. Yeah. Not not what you expect from him, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So El Conde is like, hello, make yourself comfortable as they go up the staircase. And Rainfield is like, como que no sé. And like, Mm -hmm. there's wolves howling that freak him out. And the children of the night. Dracula's like, there's a spider smiling at him <laughs> smiling there's lots of like uh, ever, like long periods of time where there'll be yeah. a shot of dracula and a, a shot of renfield like just looking at each other yeah. like, with just eyes it's just it's eyes like, on eyes you gonna say something or should i say <laughs> yeah, something very <laughs> it's very weird in- intimidating <laughs> 
a spider goes up the the wall and it freaks out Renfield even more. He is real uncomfortable, you can tell. Mm-hmm. And Dracula is like, oh, yes, every living creature needs blood to keep on living. Spiders make a web to catch flies. Blood is life, Senor Renfield. Oh. I just got here. <laughs> <laughs> sir, sir, what's going on? So they go into this uh, another humongous room in this castle and El Conde Dracula offers Renfield like some dinner and some wine and while Renfield is eating his food, Dracula make, is like, are you sure that no one saw you or knew that you were coming here? Did you burn our correspondence that we had? Like, are you, nobody knows you're here you're by yourself, right? And yeah. Renfield's like, yeah, dude, I did everything you told me to. Are you an idiot, sir? Honey. Well, h- listen, I don't care how good of a business deal this is. The minute you hear, please no burn all... No one knows you're cor- here. Nobody knows. Like, <laughs> business deal is off. Danger. I'm not coming. Danger. Although the... um. The townspeople know where he is because he's like, I got to go meet Count Dracula. I thought so, about that, too. I was like, you did tell you, you told tell like them. a solid 10 people that were yeah. like, you should <laughs> like, go. Who were performing in the background. Remember them? <laughs> exactly. So as they're talking, Renfield grabs a huge boule of bread, like a fucking fat oh. loaf. Where I was like, I want that. Oh, it looks delicious. <laughs> But also the most awkward way to cut this loaf of bread. Oh, my God. He, like, (laughs) holding on to the bread. Like, the bread is not on the table. Like, holding it aloft, he, like, chops (laughs) a chunk of of bread (laughs) off. And then towards him, too. I was like, honey, this is not how it works. What are you doing? And obviously chops his finger, like, slices Mm -hmm. it open. And, of course, the blood gets Dracula all riled up. And we get a classic, like, close-up of the eyes that are obviously again wide as plates and (laughs) Dracula is about to like go for it when the crucifix that the woman at the town gave to him like kind of swings out and (laughs) and Dracula makes this face like, uy, que eso. Like a guacala no me gusta kind of face. Like a this guy's face. I, that's see. I haven't seen the Bella Lugosi version, but from what I hear, it's he's incredible. And right. so I was really kind of struck by this guy because it was kind of goofy. It was inc- especially that face. The minute yeah. that face happened, I was like, "Oh, this guy, <laughs> this guy is a goof." Yeah, this is goofy. <laughs> Very goofy. <laughs> so. Renfield finishes his dinner and his booze, and Dracula's like, okay, let's talk about the lease at the Carfax Abbey. Carfax? Mm-hmm. Carfax. Carfa- yeah. I, I want to get confused, <laughs> too. Like, I'm like, isn't there a commercial? There is a commercial <laughs> where a fox <laughs> is like, Buy, sell your car yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So Renfield hands him some paperwork for him to sign and a bunch of tags for, like, uh, moving stuff. Mm-hmm. And Dracula's like, I'm just going to need three tags for three big cajones, like big boxes. So then Dracula and Renfield say goodnight. And Dracula's like, I'll see you tomorrow at dusk. And the door opens on its own as Dracula walks out, which fucking sh- Again? <laughs> like Renfield shits himself when he sees this door open he, and close behind him. He is so frightened by this moving door. Truly, and like becomes sofocado because he starts yeah. taking off his tie and he's like, oh my God, what the hell? Now, I read in Wikipedia uh-huh. that he's like roofied or poisoned. I read that too because I was so 
confused here. I was like, why is he so overwhelmed by this? What's yeah. going on? Yeah. But that would make more sense that all of a sudden he's feeling the effects of whatever Dracula put in his drink. Like right. it's, it's hitting him now. So maybe he was roofied, sure. which makes him fucking sofocado and he takes it, he goes to the window, he tries to open it to get some fresh air, which this shot I loved mm-hmm. because he opens the window and behind him in the corner, you see the three vampire ladies in white. Yeah. But far away, like really creepy and like I had to rewind for something else and that's when I noticed them because I didn't see them the first time. And I was like, oh my God, look at them. And I was like, that's really cool. And he at the window with he doesn't see these women, but he sees Dracula in like like going down into the catacombs, it seems, which yeah. freaks him out even more. And then he fucking like el corazón, he has a heart attack or something, and my guy faints. And the women approach, and now we really see them, and they do Lady Gaga monster hands, yeah. classic fucking yeah. vampire hands, like yeah. hello Just coming in, and yeah. they descend upon his body. Now we see a boat and it's like going through it. Like it's in a storm. Sailors are flying here and there, fucking waves and shit. On this boat, there are these three huge boxes. And and again, a hand kind of starts coming out of one of the boxes. And the sailors look over and they're like, what the hell? (laughs) One of them has, again, eyes. The widest eyes. Puro ojo. So all the ojos and Dracula like pops out of the of the box and they're like, holy shit. And then we cut to a man who I didn't realize was Renfield. Mm -hmm. But this man is cackling like maniacally. He has lost his damn mind. Insane. Absolutely has gone insane. So Renfield has gone insane and is cackling his ass off as Dracula comes out of his boat box. We cut to the next day, which the storm has passed and the boat is docked. And we hear two men inspecting the boat, basically. And... Everyone is dead. Mm-hmm. And including the captain who like was frozen in fear attached to the is that a wheel? The wheel of the boat? Yeah, yeah. The, the steering what the hell do you wheel. Call that? Steering wheel, sure. sure oh the, gosh. The, Something the, nautical. The boat steering wheel. Yeah. And he, but the I like this a lot because it was you didn't see him, you saw the shadow of him on the yeah. wall of the boat holding on to the wheel with his mouth open and the men are like he died of fright. Like he's not yeah. frozen. He's a like that's a dead frightened man. Which is really creepy. Yeah. This whole thing, like, I mean, that's a really scary fucking idea that they're on this boat. No wonder his eyes are so wide and scared because some (laughs) crazy man comes out of a box and starts attacking people and drinking their blood. That's scary as hell. And a tiny other dude cackling in the corner? A nightmare. No. So as these men are inspecting the boat, you hear Renfield, maestro, maestro, hemos llegado, estamos aquí. So he's letting Dracula know we're in England now. We see a newspaper and the headline says Tripulación de cadáveres en un buque abandonado. Un loco es el único sobreviviente, which I love that. <laughs> a crazy guy is the only survivor from <laughs> this, loco. this fucking seven, like a, a bunch of cadavers that have arrived on a boat. 
Uh, and also the authorities are in charge of taking the cargo to the addresses. So now we're in his new home. We're in the in the abbey, in the, I think, the catacombs of said abbey. And El Conde Dracula pops out and decides, you know what? I'm going to go see the symphony. Because yeah, he's a very he sure cultured does. man. Yeah. <laughs> he goes into the theater and he goes up into the boxes and he hypnotizes the usher lady and he tells her, go into that box next door and tell Dr. Seward that he has a phone call. And her hypnotized ass she goes on in there and she's like, hey, Dr. Seward, a phone call. <laughs> As he's leaving the the box, Dracula is ba- out there and he's like, oh, excuse me, sir. Are you Dr. Seward? Hey. I happen to hear. <laughs> I'm your neighbor. I just moved in next door to you and your sanitarium that you run. Mm-hmm. Dr. Seward is very polite and he's like, ah, would you like to watch the fucking symphony with us? Come on in. This is my daughter, Eva. This is her friend, Miss Lucia Weston, and my daughter's boyfriend, Huang Harker. And then Dr. Seward's like, but, but I do apologize. I, I have a phone call that I need to answer. Uh, so please sit down, enjoy yourself. And the other three are like, so... Uh, what are you going to do with the Abbey? And like, are you going to renovate? And what's the deal? And <laughs> Dracula, who is a real creep, is like, I like it the way it is, crumbling like my Transylvania castle. Pero la Lucia está oh, fascinadísima. She's into him. She is eating it up. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that reminds me of a toast that says, for those that are already dead, let us empty our glasses and let us cheer for him among us that must die first. And oh, Ella is like, can you stop, girl? Bitch, that's dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Dracula is, is all, well, to be really dead must be sublime. Algo peor que la muerte afecha los mortales. And Eva and her man Juan are like, okay. This is awkward. Who is this creep? Also, all these people down in the cheap seats are like, could y'all shut Can the fuck up up there? Because the I'm trying to watch the symphony. Bro, we hear you like bellowing out here. You're this, not like, trying to keep it down. Gloomy shit that you're talking about. Yeah. I don't care about your fucking Abbey, bro. I'm trying to hear Strzokowski <laughs> or whatever. I paid good money for these cheap seats. So. It's after the symphony and the gals are in Lucia's room and they are gabbing about how Lucia thinks that El Conde Dracula is fascinador. And Eva's like, ah, I'm cool, thanks. What a creepo. Eva fucks off and Lucia opens her window facing the street. Mm-hmm. She hops into bed with a book. But guess who's down there on the street beeping and a bopping, just lurking around? Creeping. Mm-hmm. Creeping. <laughs> so then all of a sudden we see a close-up of Dracula's eyes and he's like kind of squinty and almost like it looks like he's trying to hypnotize from down there or like trying to see what's going on in her room from the floor or whatever. Yeah, yeah. 
then he just transforms into a bat and flies right in. So I was like, you could have just done that from the beginning, homie. But yeah, and you just get in there. So he flies into her open window and he transforms back into Dracula. And then we get the classic shot of like him with his cape extended and descending upon Lucia as she's like asleep. And then he covers her face and he drinks her blood. Oh god. Classic shot. Cla- so good. And now we see a medical room and Lucia is fucking dead on a medical oh. table. <laughs> I was like, is that her? That's Holy her. shit. That bitch he died. Fu- he killed her. Damn. He okay. sucked every ounce of blood in her body. Wow. And the doctor says, hmm, she has the same symptoms as the other cases. Mm-hmm. Crazy blood loss and two little holes on the side of the neck. So now we're in Switzerland. The only reason I knew this we were in Switzerland is because of Wikipedia. <laughs> I was like, why are we? We're in Switzerland? <laughs> now we're in Switzerland and we see a huge table covered in like science shit, like Bunsen burners and fucking tubes and shit and a microscope mm-hmm. and a bunch beakers. of science beakers <laughs> and a bunch of scientists, including Dr. Seward. And the main scientist who's at the microscope, and he's like, it seems as though, yes, this is vampires. <laughs> and everybody's like, huh? Bullshit. And this man is the famous Van Helsing, Professor yeah. Van Helsing. Now, did he look anything like Eugene Levy to you? Because I could not stop <laughs> thinking, this is Eugene Levy. <laughs> A little older, a little older. Wow. But the hair, and especially with the glasses on, I was like, that is Eugene Levy. I am, now it is, now it's Eugene Levy for me. Holy fucking shit. Man. Hilarious. And honestly, I'm going to say this, like, because I know that Van Helsing, the Hugh Jackman movie was like a thing. Oh my God, yeah. I, I expected Van Helsing, I wasn't expecting this scientist man to be Van Helsing. Like, I, I expected a hat. I expected, I don't know, a, a beautiful man. And it is definitely an older, stockier, yeah. curly haired Handsome gentleman. gentleman but definitely not like your. I mean, have you ever seen Van Helsing, the Hugh Jackman one? No, it no, is no, a, no, no, no. A load of shit. That's what I've heard. <laughs> I'm cool. So, all the other scientists are like, dude, are you sure that it's fucking vampires? You mean like Nosferatu? You mean like Transylvania? That's crazy. Also, they give you like one of those classic. It happened in Alucarda where it's just like, uh, Satan, the devil, the devil, the devil. But in this one, it's like, vampiro, 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 Nosferatu. I'm like, yes, that's what he said, everybody. That's That's what was said. said. (laughs) They're like, science doesn't support vampires. It's a myth. But it turns out that Renfield is now a patient at Dr. Seward's sanitarium. Mm. And so they got a sample of his blood, and that's what fucking Van Helsing was studying under the microscope and apparently Renfield is now obsessed with devouring live creatures to sustain his own life. So Van Helsing is like, yo me voy a Inglaterra con el Dr. Seward para estudiar el Renfield to see what's up. And then he says, y tal vez pueda darle pruebas de que la superstición de antaño suede llegar a oh no. <laughs> <laughs> My fucking notes fucking um, auto-corrected to uh, Suede llegar a set verged <laughs> científica de vuestros días. And I don't remember what. We get it. <laughs> a set verged. 
<laughs> so anyways, he's like, maybe I can prove to you that that superstition mm-hmm. is actually scientifically plausible. A set verge. Yeah, <laughs> set verge. <laughs> I'm going to verge that set. So <laughs> now we're at Seward Sanitarium. Renfield is fully bananas, going crazy, and all he wants to do is catch and eat spiders and flies. That's yeah. all he wants to do. A nurse called Martin, who is the comedic relief of this film. <laughs> this man is in a different movie. He was like, this is a comedy, y'all. Like, this is not a horror film. They said, can you be Cantinflas, but like, not really? You'll be him. So Martin, the nurse, takes him to see Van Helsing and Dr. Seward, and they ask him, like, hey, what's the deal with you eating all these flies, my guy? And uh, Renfield is, like, super loco. And he's like, they represent the aerial powers of being psychic. But all he wants to do is to be released from the sanitarium because he's afraid of what's going to happen to Ella, is what he says. He's like, if I stay here, something's going to happen to her. And then howling begins outside and it scares Renfield. And Martin says that he hears it at night and he screams back at them. And so Bang Helsing is like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So Van Helsing pulls out a little box from his jacket And in this little box, he pulls out a little herb. He says, you know why the wolves speak to you. And also, you know how to make them stop. And he puts this little herb right up into Renfield's face. And Renfield freaks out. Turns out that little herb is wolf's bane. Yeah, interesting. Which I was confused by. Same. I mean, I guess I'm assuming that this is what they have in the the Bella Lugosi version. I'm assuming. But this is a werewolf thing? That's what I, I was like, werewolf, question mark? But who knows? So Renfield, they're like, okay, take him away. He's being a weirdo. Renfield then warns Dr. Seward, he says, that if he doesn't get out of here, if Renfield doesn't get out of here, Dr. Seward is going to be responsible for what happens to his daughter. Mm. So we see Ella and Juan, they're in a sitting room, and she's been really upset and, like, afraid for a really for a few days. And she describes to Juan a nightmare that she had with heavy fog in the night. And in this fog, there's two red eyes in a pale face, and it gets closer and closer. And she mm. could feel his breath on her neck and his lips on her neck. And while she's telling this, her dad, Dr. Seward and Bang Helsing, like kind of sneak into the room and they hear her say this. They're like, okay, okay, so what's what's going on here? What is this nightmare? And she and they press for more information, but she's like afraid and doesn't want to reveal more. And and Juan is like, it's she's being real cagey about something. Mm-hmm. She wants she knows and wants to say something, but also doesn't. And then her dad, Dr. Seward, is like, honey, come here. What's going on in Tucuello? And he pulls away a little piece of cloth, and there are two holes in her neck. Hello. Hello. I really like her her performance here when Me she too. was res- like telling us about the nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, especially in these old timey movies. And let's be clear, in this one, there are a lot of performances that are like, you are on stage right yeah. now. Like it yeah. is too much. But her performance, I was really taken by her. I thought she was. She had the goods, this this actress. Absolutely. She was really good. 
So a maid comes in and she announces that guess who's here? Fucking Dracula. He's just <laughs> popping right in, and he looks real chipper, real smiley, like oh, you said. Oh yeah. He was like, he is Hello. so happy to be here. <laughs> and all of a sudden now, Ella seems to be a little bit more chipper as well. Yeah. And Dr. Seward is like, oh, Conde Dracula, this is Professor Van Helsing. And immediately there's tension. Mm-hmm. And Van Helsing is like, ¿Sabes qué? I think Ava should go to her room right now. Like now. Take her room, take her to her room, like now. And Dracula's like, oh, stops her. He's like, are you feeling okay? What's going, <laughs> What's going on? on? <laughs> And she's like, oh, I had a nightmare. And Dracula's like, oh, was it all the stories that I've been telling you and the things I've been saying? And Juan in the corner is like, uh, excuse me? What the fuck is going on here? my lady? What are you talking to my lady for? And Dracula's like, oh, what? You didn't know that I've been hanging out with your girl and I've been telling her some gloomy, scary stories. No big deal. It's fine. Okay, dick. And... uh, So Ella says goodnight, and Dracula immediately is like, you know what? I think I'll peace out, too. I'm sorry I was an inconvenience, you know. And so he goes outside and sees Ella on the landing of the staircase, and he stops her. And from the other room, Van Helsing is sitting by a little cigarette box that has a mirror. And he has it opened, and he looks down into the mirror and sees in the reflection that Ella is there, but Dracula is not. Classic. Classic. <laughs> so before he heads out, Dracula gets his hat and his cane and his cape, and he's about to say goodbye. Van Helsing is like, hey, uh, will you do me a solid before you uh, get the fuck out of here? I just, just want to check something. And he grabs- I wish he did say that. <laughs> Come do me a solid before you get the fuck out of here. <laughs> so he grabs the cigarette box with the mirror, and he holds it up. He opens it up, and he says, mire. And Dracula looks down, and obviously he's not there. And my guy flips out. He flies into a rage. He fucking smashes the cigarette box and then turns around and is like, I'm so sorry, Dr. Seward. I've lost my temper. (laughs) I do apologize. I'll show myself out. (laughs) Yeah. And he leaves. And Van Helsing tells Juan and Dr. Seward, he's like, that's our fucking vampire right there, guys. I couldn't see him in the mirror. And Juan, this young idiot kid, is like, what are you talking about? He's just he's a count. Like, what's the deal? We should call the cops or whatever. And Van Helsing is like, what gives the vampire more power is that people refuse to believe in them. So snap out of it, Juan. Come on. Hello. So out in the garden, we see that Dracula's hanging out there by a a tree. And from the ends of the garden, here comes Ava in this very, like, dainty walk, which I think it's also in the Bella Lugosi movie. Like, a very... Uh It's a very... um, The way she walks with her hands kind of, like, by her sides, but but they're up a little bit very daintily walking through this foresty, gloomy, foggy area. And also, you know, she's rather scantily clad. Her dress is... Is revealing. Wow. I was like, first of all, she looks great. But Gorgeous. I was like, wow. I can't believe that they're showing this in this old ass movie. But here she is. Here she is. And uh, Dracula raises that cape and she walks 
right into in. it. <laughs> Come on in, ma'am. <laughs> so now we're back in the sitting room with Dr. Seward, who tries to explain away this like theory that vampires, they have to like return to their graves in their native land where they were buried before dawn. And Van Helsing is like, guess what? My dude probably brought a bunch of Transylvania soil. That's what was in those three big ass boxes that he brought. While they're talking about this, Renfield is eavesdropping and he pops out and he's like, you should listen to Van Helsing. My guy knows what he's talking about. Like, that's probably true. And he begs Van Helsing to, like, save his soul, please. And Van Helsing is like, all right, well, tell me everything that you know and I'll do my best to save your soul. Tell me who it is that you are that you call master. And a bat flies by and Renfield freaks the fuck out and he says master i'm faithful i didn't say anything i didn't say anything i'm faithful and then we hear a scream and a maid comes running in and he, and she's like eva eva está muerta se murió la eva está en el garden está muerta van helsing juan and dr seward all like run to her but wait she is alive <laughs> thank goodness I was like, damn, she died too? That's Holy what I shit. thought. That's what I thought yeah. too. I was like, oh shit, not fucking Ale. I thought she was like the main gal. But oh, no, she's alive. She's fine. But she is under Dracula's influence. Van Helsing is like, we have to confront this shit. So there's a quick look of like a forest area, also very um like foggy and 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 scary and a woman in white is like walking through it. This was so fast, I was like, was that a mistake? I was I, very confused. Yeah, it was but... a very, it was a quick shot of this like lady walking by, and after that we see that Martin, the nurse, the our comic relief, is sitting and reading an article um, <laughs> that says that these two little girls encountered this woman in white, and that she lured them with candy, and then she bit them softly on the neck. Mm-hmm. Uh oh! Did you hear the nurse in the back say "Qué horror"? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes. Yes, our That's podcast us. name. <laughs> so Ella, turns out, is also reading this article. And she realizes that she has seen this woman, too, and that that woman is Lucia. Oh, boy. And Ella describes seeing her through the fog and the night the after she had they had buried her. And Van Helsing promises that he's going to save Lucia's soul. And Eva's like, please, if you're going to save hers, save mine as well. And Juan is like, girl, what are you worried about? You're not going to die. You're not dead. What's the deal? And she's like, no, you you don't understand what's going on. You have no you idea. Sweet, simple baby. Yeah, I'm not going to explain to you. So guess what? We're breaking up. Our marriage, oh, uh- <laughs> our marriage is over. She- terminates this relationship fully she's like and we're done (laughs) but she specifically does that you know she loves him but she's like because i belong to dracula now yeah and 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 she's like i must obey him she even says Mm -hmm. and van helsing's like okay listen i'm in charge here it's time for bed for eva we got wolfsbane in this room and we got wolfsbane in that other room and here's a fucking wolfsbane fucking flower crown and this (laughs) other fucking bullshit the flower crown (laughs) the flower crown and uh and he turns to the nurse Marta and he's like here you put this wolfsbane on her bed and make sure she's holding on to it it mustn't fall off her bed when she's asleep make sure the fucking windows are closed I'm the boss here okay this is what we're doing good job sir yeah 
Now we're in the sanitarium and Renfield is in his cell, but he gets a visit from Dracula who communicates with him through the eyes, but we never hear what he says. All we hear is Renfield going crazy like, see, si, maestro, what? maestro. What's happening? I he did not understand. going through it and that's, that's all we see here is just him freaking out. And he begs like, he's like, no, not her. No, no, maestro, no, ella, no, no. Pero por qué? ¿Y de qué? ¿Qué van a hacer? Uh, what's, uh, what's happening? <laughs> Meanwhile, Van Helsing is explaining to Juan and Dr. Seward that Dracula is the guy that Renfield calls master. That he's undead and he lives off the blood of the living. And the only way to save Ella's soul is to go where Dracula's living corpse rests and drive a stake through his heart. Again, classic. Classic. So Eva's sleeping with all the wolves being all around her. But Dracula hypnotizes the nurse Marta, telling her, everything that I tell you to do, you got to do it, okay? And the nurse is like, cool, no problem. So she opens the window, lets him in the room, and then she takes away the wolf's bane that's on the pillow with Eva. Now we're with Renfield again. He's escaped. Like, literally, the bars to his window are, like... Hulk style (laughs) fucking pride apart. He gets caught listening to the conversation that Dr. Seward, Van Helsing, and Juan are having. And the men tell Renfield that you need to tell us where these soil boxes are and we'll protect you. We'll make sure that you're okay. And Renfield is like, mira, yo no lo necesito. Yo no necesito que me protecten because Dracula said he is not mad at me anymore. (laughs) And he promised me thousands <laughs> and millions of rats for me to like Ooh. eat until the end of the centuries for generations to come as long as I obey him. And Van Helsing is like, what a deal. Exactly. <laughs> I know. Like, gross. can you ask for something better, bro? Like rats? Gross. What the fuck? At that moment, Van Helsing is like, oh, fucking shit, Dracula's here. I can tell, but guess what? We got the wolfsbane upstairs, so we, d- we don't, we don't got to worry about it. We'll be chill. But Juan goes to check on Eva anyway, and Dr. Seward goes, and he takes Martin. He goes with Martin, the nurse, and he takes Renfield to go to a place where he's like, he won't be able to escape from here. So Van Helsing is left alone and enter the room. Mm. El Conde Dracula. Mm-mm. These mortal enemies face to ridiculous face. We literally get <laughs> just a bunch of shots of their weird... Foolish faces. Like, both of these men have yeah. crazy faces. Oh, and gosh. Dracula's like, all right, go back to where you came from. And Van Helsing is like, fuck you. I'm taking care of these people now. And Dracula's like, you're too fucking late because my blood is running through Eva's blood now. So suck it. Cut to Eva being like, oh, my God, I feel fabulous. (laughs) Well, he when he went in there and hypnotized the nurse and pulled all the wolfsbane away, he must have been feeding her his blood, like making that final transfusion or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Juan is up there and he's like, you're right. You do. You look great, girl. You looking great. (laughs) And she's like, I feel great. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so stuffy in here. Ew, it stinks of wolfsbane. Marta, get rid of this fucking flower crown. Open these windows. Let's live our life. It's I need some breeze in here. So now we're back to Dracula and Van Helsing. 
Helsing. And Dracula tries to hypnotize Van Helsing, telling him to put whatever he has in his coat into this little box over here. And Van Helsing, he pulls out a tiny crucifix from his coat. And while he's doing that, Dracula shields himself with his cape so we won't have to look at it. Mm-hmm. But Van Helsing is too smart because he like opens the box and then like snaps it shut to pretend that he did put it in there. So Dracula says, did you do what I tell you to do? And Van Helsing's like, uh-huh, I sure did. Sure. And then he opens the cape, bam, crucifix to the fucking face. And Dracula's like, ah. Oh, the scream, ah. <laughs> but like, why didn't Dracula's powers work for him? I don't understand. Like, it works on all these ladies, but not on Van Helsing. I don't understand this. I think this. it must have been because they didn't keep eye contact. Because when oh. Dracula puts the cape over his face to hide, they break eye contact. So I think that's why. I think you're right. So Dracula, afraid of the crucifix, runs the fuck out of the window, and uh, we're back to Juan and Eva on the veranda, and a bat flies by, and Eva's like, si, si, lo haré, lo haré, to the, to the bat. <laughs> she tells Juan, she's like, so you know that guy Van Helsing? Ugh, what a bore. I don't like him. Tell him to go away. Tell him to get rid of these wolf's mane herbs, and, you know, to go back to Switzerland, where he fucking came from, okay? Like, get the fuck out of here. Can you please do that for me, please, bat? Like bat my eyelashes. Also, this dress she's wearing is low cut. But also see through. You can see her nipples. I'm like 1931. Wow. Okay. And of course, Juan will be like, whatever you say, honey. Yes, you you look great. You want me to kill Van Helsing? I'll do it. You show me your titties. (laughs) But as she's saying all this, Van Helsing hears he comes into their into Eva's room. And hears her saying all of this. And Juan is like, you know, I'm not really sure. Like, Dracula does seem kind of creepy and weird. And she starts cackling. Like Renfield. Like an insane person. And then she has her arms around Juan's neck. And then she goes for the bite. And she tries to bite Juan in the neck. Van Helsing runs in and he shoves the crucifix into her face and she screams and she falls to the floor and Juan like runs to her and she reveals that Dracula popped open one of his veins and forced her to drink his blood. And then she faints. Oh, boy. And then all of a sudden, there's gunshots. There's gunshots. Oh, my God. And we're like, what the fuck? But it's Martin, the nurse, and a maid down there trying to shoot a bat. And Van Helsing's like, dude, you're not going to do a goddamn thing to that bat. Because guess what? That bat is Dracula, and you're not going to get it. This comedy routine down here with Martin and this nurse My is... I, I mean, then he says, he turns to the ner- to the maid, and he's like, Están todos guiados, todos menos yo y tú. Well, y a veces dudo hasta de ti. And I was like, my guy is delivering wow. lines. <laughs> Everyone's crazy, so except you and me. Well, you know what? Actually, sometimes I'm suspect of you as well. I was like, killer. <laughs> so Ava's in bed. And Martha, the nurse, is presiding over her. But guess what? Still under Dracula's power. So Dracula comes to the window and he's like, A ver, abrime la ventana. <laughs> Martha, you fucking idiot. She takes the wolf's bane, puts it in a fancy jar, and she's like, All right, here you go. Do whatever you got to do. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> and then she exits the room, and Dr. Seward is right outside, and they don't even 
they don't do a damn thing. They look and they're like, what is she doing? She sits down and they're just like, oh, she must have needed a break. (laughs) Guys. What the fuck? What are you doing? Dracula is out there, okay? (laughs) Now we're in the middle of the night in like an outside steel gate foggy situation and we hear a horrible woman scream. And Juan and Van Helsing come through this steel gate. They basically have just staked Lucia. Mm -hmm. Van Helsing says, you know, now her soul can rest, but now we have to go to Dracula's fucking abbey, the Carfax abbey. At the abbey, Dracula comes down the staircase with Ava, lying limp in his arms, and somehow Renfield again has escaped the sanitarium. Uh, Dr. Seward, fix your sanitarium if all your patients are escaping. That's a problem. Yeah. And also, this set is so cool. Very here. cool. The stairs come, there's stairs oh. everywhere, tall, um, without any, what is it? Like hand, not handlebars. No, no, no railing. No railing, just like open oh my stairs. Gosh. Uh, stony, Abbey Yeah, creepy, dark. dark. But like, just like the first one. It's massive. It's huge. Massive. It's so cool. cool. Love this. So. Renfield goes up to Dracula with Eva in his arms, and he's like, Maestro, maestro, I'm here, estoy aquí. But then we hear Juan, who sees them through the outside. There's like an opening. Juan and Van Helsing are there, and they're yelling like, Eva, Eva, and Dracula gets fucking pissed because he's like, oh, Renfield brought these motherfuckers here to me. So he puts Eva down. He fucking strangles el pobre Renfield, then he picks him up and throws him over the side of this like really tall staircase with no railing. And that body lands with a thud and a groan. <laughs> like a Ooh, <gasps> yeah. poor guy, poor Renfield. Yeah. So Dracula picks up Ela's body and he heads into the catacombs as Juan and Val- Van Helsing, they like run after them, but the door closes behind and they can't and they're trying to pry it open. Dracula puts down Ela's body on the ground of these catacombs, but through the window, the sun is starting to rise. And so Dracula's like, oh no. And he <laughs> runs to his coffin. At the same time, Van Helsing and Juan have finally pried open the door and they're like running around trying to find Ela. But Van Helsing is like, look, he's right here. My dude is literally just taking a snooze. Not even closed coffin no. or box. Just wide open. Wide open, lying in dirt. Lying in Transylvanian dirt. As chill as could be. Truly. Not a threat in the world. I Okay. <laughs> Van Helsing <laughs> tells Juan, like, my guy, go get a steak for me. Let's get this over with. This is convenient. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they do. They get a steak. Once Van Helsing gets his steak, Juan is like, I'm going to go find Ewa. He does, who she's been wandering around, like, aimlessly, like, kind of blank-eyed mm. they find each other they hug and then we just hear we don't even see we don't we hear van helsing stake through dracula and it's just like that's it and that's it and dracula fucking dies Juan and Ava head out of the abbey. They're climbing the the crazy, insane, beautiful stairs. And Van Helsing says he has to stay behind to fulfill his promise to Renfield, which I am like, what? What was that? What is that? Did to you, save did... his soul? But that guy's dead. 
Oh, maybe to like, I don't know, lay him to rest or something like to bury him. Maybe. I was also very confused. Right. Because he was like, please save my soul. Save my soul. Save my soul. Uh, I'm assuming. Yes. Maybe. So the last shot is the two lovers going up the stairs and Van Helsing standing over Renfield's dead body thing. That's it. That's it. Okay. So Dracula is dead. Yes. But. Eva was bitten and was fed his blood. She's a fucking vampire. I'm wondering no because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Bram Stoker, 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 Bram Stoker, in his book, he says that if you kill the lead vampire, mm. then everybody else is fine? Question mark. If you cut off, or if you like kill the main if vampire, the then head. everybody else is. Then everybody else dies or is cured or whatever. Yeah, so. that's what I think. Pero well, quién sabe? They never say that in this movie. No. So have fun with your vampire wife, Juan. Yeah, good for the luck. Rest of your life. <laughs> good luck, Juan. <laughs> that bitch is gonna try and chew on your neck. Oh man. Well, great. I fucking love this. I be, I did too. I thought it was really very beautiful, and yeah. you know, it has you know the that old-timey film quality that you're just like, somehow you'd think that they wouldn't be very watchable, but they really Mm -hmm. are. They are. I think it has to do with the fact that they're so fucking old. Yeah. And it's just like, it's a completely different era and everything. Just, it feels so weird, but you're looking at history. Yeah. It's just so, so cool. I mean, let's be clear. Dated. Some of the performances. Little, Bonkers, a little creepy, <laughs> or um, but you know, a good time all around. Yeah, agreed. So uh, let's get into some fucking trivia. Why don't you go first? So I just wanted to find out a little bit about you know this thing that Universal did in the early 1900s, 1930s, whatever, about why they did movies in different languages. So I found this from IMDb. This was written by Yusuf. Piskin, this person writes, In the early days of sound, it was common for Hollywood studios to produce Hollywood foreign language versions of their films, usually in French, Spanish, and German, using the same sets, costumes, etc. Unfortunately, most of these foreign language versions no longer exist. The Spanish version of Dracula is an exception. In recent years, this version has become more highly praised by some than the English language version. Interesting. Yeah. The Spanish crew had the advantage of watching the dailies from the English crew's version when they came in for the evening, and they would figure out better camera angles and more effective use of lighting in an attempt to top it. Wow. Yeah, right? As a result, this version's supporters consider it to be much more artistically effective. Which is interesting. And apparently this movie, this uh, the Spanish language version, is like a half hour longer. Yeah, I read that Bella too. Than the Bela Lugosi version. That's crazy. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Lupita Tovar, I believe is how you pronounce her last name. She was our Eva. So she was born July 27th, 1910. Lupita Tovar was a Mexican-American actress and centenarian best known for her starring role in the 1931 Spanish-language version of Dracula, filmed in Los Angeles by Universal at night, using the same sets as the Bela Lugosi version, but with a different cast and director. 
She was discovered by documentary filmmaker Robert Flaherty in Mexico City. Tovar had performed in a dance class and was invited along with other girls to do a screen test as part of a competition. Okay. I feel like that's a common thing with actresses back then. So she won first place mm -hmm. in this competition. The prize was a six-month probation period, okay, followed by a seven-year contract at $150 a week to Fox Studios. Well, that makes sense because, so back then, the studios had very weird contracts with people. Like, if you worked with one studio, you couldn't work with anybody else. Sure. So the probation yeah. means, like, that's your testing time and you're like... Let's see if you do well while you're here at Fox Studios and if the films and the things that you release become popular or if you if you do get like a lot of credit and work from that probation period, they would keep you in your like actual contract. Got it. Okay. So let's see here. Lupita's future husband, producer Paul Koner, I believe, convinced Carl... Lamela, Lamel, <laughs> to, make, to make Spanish language movies that could be shot simultaneous at, simultaneously at night with their English originals. When sound films began to dominate the industry, casting director Jimmy Ryan warned her, warned Lupita that her poor English would not work and her option would not be picked up. However, he recommended pursuing work in the foreign film department. She went to the office and sat around all day without being seen and left early because a man kept staring at her and making her feel uncomfortable. Ew. Right, what the hell? When she returned to the office another day, she met the head of the department, Koner, who was the man who kept staring at her before who ended up being her husband. Okay. <laughs> he offered her a job making $15 a day to dub films in Spanish. She shot Dracula in 1930 when she was just 20 years old. Wow. And it was it was produced by her soon-to-be husband, this kind of creeper, Paul Koner. Yeah. And in 1931, Tovar starred in the film Santa, the first film to have synchronized sound and image on the same celluloid strip. Whoa, cool. Now, that might be just a Mexican, like the first time it was done in Mexico, but I'm not quite sure. The film was based on a famous book featuring an innocent girl from the country who has an affair with a soldier and then tragically becomes a prostitute. Santa was such a hit that the Mexican government issued a posted stamp featuring her as Santa on the stamp. Cool. And she said... I tell you, I could not walk on the streets when Santa came out. People tore my dress for souvenirs. <gasps> it was something. So wow, she was like, she was that's a big deal. Terrifying. The release of the Spanish language Dracula on home video in the early 1990s caused a revival of Tovar's films. She said, It's like a dream being invited to all of these festivals and showings of my films. Was that really me up there on the screen? I had almost forgotten I was an actress. It has been absolutely wonderful how people have been so nice. Usually people die and then they get the award, but to be alive and receive this honor is fantastic. Which is just so That's sweet. very sweet. And then talking about these movies that she dubbed or that she, you know, the English language films that she was in that were now Spanish versions. She said, I did dubbing all night. I didn't think I had a future. I was ready to go back to Mexico. I went to say goodbye, and Universal said, wait a minute, give us 24 hours. 
I got a call from the studio lawyers. They took me to court and I signed a contract and I made Spanish versions of some some talkies. They'd work all day and we'd come in and work from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. all night. Wow. I did I did Spanish language versions of The Climax, then a remake of The Cat and the Canary called The Cat Creeps, and of course, Dracula. And she says, George Melford was my favorite director and those early Universal movies are my favorite pictures. Which I just thought was very sweet. And also, so my last teeny tiny little thing here is that there are two performers in this movie who lived past the age of 100. One being Lupita Tobar and the other being Carla Lamel. Lamle? Lamel. <laughs> Damn it. Who was that woman at the beginning of the movie? With the pamphlet. With the pamphlet, and she's like, "Where are going the the woods and the hills and the whatever that whatever." She's the one that gets tossed like a salad. She, the one who's getting tossed around, broken bones everywhere. That's Carla, and she was in the English version of the film and the Spanish version as the same part. But I believe she was uncredited. She's uncredited in both in both versions. And she, is she like the daughter, or I'm assuming the daughter is the, of. Carl Lamalay. If I her believe name she is, is Carla. the daughter. And those are, her words are the first words spoken in both versions of the film. So she and Lupita lived past 100 years of age. Cool. Nice job, ladies. That's it. That's my trivia for this film. Lovely. Mine is kind of similar to yours, but maybe a little bit more in-depth on specifically Dracula. Um, mm-hmm. So according to Wikipedia, Dracula was a film that was made as part of Hollywood Studios' attempts to make films for foreign language audiences. By 1930, Universal had focused primarily on developing Spanish-language films for the foreign market, and it was released in Cuba in 1931 and for a long time was a forgotten film, only mentioned briefly by some horror film historians in the 1960s and 70s. Then received greater attention after a screening at at the Museum of Modern Art in 1978, which led to a popular home video release on VHS in 1992. That's why in the very beginning it says 1992 Universal, which I was like, what the fuck? It made me very confused. Critical reception to this film often compared the two versions of Dracula, with some critics weighing the pros and cons of both films based on explicitness of, sp- of the Spanish version with his costumes and scenes, hence the nipples, mm-hmm. the film's length, and the performance of Carlos Villarías as Count Dracula. Adding to what you said about Universal um, selling these foreign language films, in the late 1920s, Hollywood studios depended on the successful exportation of their films to other countries. While silent films could easily be sold to other countries, sound films could not, obviously, because, you know, no no words, no need to translate. Right. By 1928, the preferred approach to the foreign language market was to develop more than one version of a film using the same script, set, and costumes as the English language original. In an April 30 issue of the Hollywood Filmograph, it was declared that Spanish language films were, quote, all the go and producers were spending millions of dollars on them. In February of 1930, Universal announced that Paul Koner would supervise numerous foreign language productions, including several shot in Spanish. 
By September 1930, Universal focused primarily on making Spanish-language versions of films for the potential market. Wow. Isn't that cool? Holy shit, yeah. yeah. On October 10th, Melford began directing this Dracula, the film, shooting at night while Browning's crew shot during the day. And at certain times, the crews would shoot on the same set. Filming lasted a total of 22 shooting days. Oh. And Tovar, she discussed the Spanish-language production as to make it for quote, as little money as possible, those Spanish-speaking actors were not demanding with big salaries. Melford spoke no Spanish, but used an interpreter on set to direct the film. By October 1930, The Hollywood Reporter described that the foreign language versions of films had been financial flops in every country, which led to the studios dubbing films to reach non-English speaking markets. So, by the time that they were shooting Dracula everything was already kind of moving towards mm-hmm. dubbing rather than shooting at the same time. Sure, cheaper. Cheaper. Uh, Melford's Dracula was among the last of these multilingual type of productions. Wow. In 2015, the Library of Congress selected the film for preservation in the National Film Registry, finding it, quote, culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant, which is very cool. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you noticed, but in this film... Pretty much everyone sounded like they were from Spain. Oh, you buy. I was worried for a moment. But turns out Carlos Villaria is from Spain, and so mm-hmm. was the guy who played uh, Renfield. Pero Lupita was Mexican-American. Mm-hmm. The guy who played Van Helsing was Mexican-American. And Barry Norton, who played Juan, was from Argentina. So hey, we had a little bit of everything in there. Nice. Now, lastly, I just, <laughs> I was just like, I was just so confused about Wolfsbane, so I Googled. <laughs> Googled vampires and Wolfsbane. So I found an article from vampires.com. Oh, wow. <laughs> called Wolfsbane for Werewolves and Vampires. Oh. It's written by someone called Moonlight. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. AKA Amanda. No last name. So. <laughs> Moonlight. <laughs> so, Moonlight, thank you so much for your. For your knowledge. Oh, man. So. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Wolfsbane is actually one of hundreds in the Aconite family. And I'm pretty sure, you know, the way that Van Helsing was calling Wolfsbane, because it wasn't, Mm -hmm. he wasn't saying, eh, Wolfsbano. Like, he said a word that I didn't understand that sounded a lot like, Aconite or Aconite or something like that, I feel. Oh, okay. So, Wolfsbane is actually one of hundreds in the Aconite family, as is Monkshood. Both Wolfsbane and Monkshood are related to each other because they are both very toxic and, like, genuinely is deadly to human beings, not just, like, werewolves and shit like that. Oh, shit. Okay. Aconite causes tingling in the skin, followed by numbness, and can cause hallucinations. And it could be absolutely and totally fatal. <gasps> Damn. While Wolfsbane was used mostly against werewolves, it was known for its anti-evil properties and therefore used on vampires as well. 
However, it wasn't used to kill vampires like it was with werewolves. Because werewolves, mm-hmm. they would make it into potions and like give it to them to eat and then they would die. Mm-hmm. The plant was instead wielded against vampires in certain parts of Europe, particularly Germany, and used in a manner similar to garlic. For example, it was placed in front of doors and windows to keep the undead evils away. Wow, okay. That's my trivia. Thank you, Mo- Moonlight. Don't take Wolfsbane, everybody. Please Now we're don't. actually keep it around. Keep those fucking vampires away. Yeah. You want to answer some questions for me? I surely do. All right, Eileen, were you scared? No. Me either. I it's mean, okay. it's, it's totally fine. You know, the old-timey <laughs> factor, but no. Yeah, I agree. Well, in this non-scary film, what was your best scare? I'm going to say it was when Renfield was on the boat, like, laughing like an insane person. That really freaked me out because it was just his face in one of those, like, the little windows, the circular, Mm -hmm. circular, circular windows. (laughs) And just like him, like, ha, 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 ha. I was like, I don't like that. Plus, the whole thing was so disorienting. I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, and I didn't know it was him. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, good sequence. What about you? For me, this is very, very random, but there was one moment where I believe her name was Marta, the the nurse watching over Eva. She kind of just like creepily looks at the window and there is, I mean, silly face Dracula, like kind of being a peeping Tom looking in the window. I found that very, very creepy, but that was mostly it. It wasn't too scary. Oh, wait. Uh Uh-huh. I know which one I like better Uh than laughing Magoo. The three vampire ladies in the corner. Awesome. Yeah. That's it. That's what I'm I'm changing mine. Three vampire ladies. I'm hopping aboard that one too. That was the <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh who was your favorite character? I'm gonna give it to Ewa because she was the most grounded of everybody, it seemed. But also like her little monologue of the nightmare mm-hmm. was really good and when she started like I feel great. Like it was a big turn mm-hmm. in her character and when she like starts laughing hysterically to then bite i think she did a really good well-rounded job i 100 percent agree and for me it's eva too i mean there were some cool characters in this movie but yeah i just she was the most to me at least watchable yeah her performance like you said was the most grounded i i really believed her i felt for her i thought she nailed it she nailed yeah. it she was great what was your best line están todos guiados todos menos yo y tú I also love the word guiao. I don't know if I ever knew that one. I thought that was just like, a, what a random, like, everybody's crazy except you and me, but actually maybe you are as well. This comedy sweet sequence that just popped in. What a random uh, dude. So ridiculous. Honestly, a welcome comedic relief in this film. Yeah. Uh, mine was, que horror. That... <laughs> <laughs> that random nurse who it wasn't even a line she just like said it she was just ad living like, back there yeah. <laughs> yeah so that's gotta Bless take her. it what was your best death I have a little bit of two okay I loved Lucia's like the first Dracula classic fucking mm-hmm. cape and then descend upon her I thought that was you know you can't can't go wrong with a classic but then I also really like it made me feel bad and I was like Poor guy, fucking Renfield getting chucked off that staircase, man. Yeah, 
He went through it. He went yeah. through it. My guy was like, I just tried to fucking give you a lease to a place, and now I've gone insane and eat flies and spiders. And now you're going to throw me off this fucking high staircase. Thanks. Rude. <laughs> what about you? Mine was Renfield getting strangled and thrown off the, the, the staircase. It was surprisingly kind kind of horrific. It was bad. Yeah. Did you learn anything about the culture? Not really. No. No. I mean, it was set in fucking England and Switzerland and, like, Transylvania. Like, no. If anything, we learned a little bit about, a, like, 1930s Universal Studios culture and, like, why this stuff was happening. But Yeah, but no. that's not really Latino-based. Yeah, that's not it. All right. How many ooeys are you going to give this movie? I'm going to give this one three ooeys just because it's, like, classic jam. It's old-timey. You get to see some awesome dresses and cool like what they thought was scary back then and yeah. i would have this in the background at a at like a halloween party for sure yeah mm-hmm. i'm also gonna give it three nice like i said at the top like it's cool to watch movies from this like older era but it's also tough at the same time because it gets, it's dated. We're, we're modern kids. Exactly. You know, like some of the performances are a little rough and real, real theatery. You know what I mean? In the worst yeah. way. I feel like it could have used some serious snipping. Like edit yeah. a bit of this just to kind of keep the energy moving. We didn't need so moving. many eyes yeah, moments like, of like silent eyes. So much like open long space, which I guess, you know, used to set mood and everything but i don't i really don't honestly think it was needed yeah and unfortunately the dude i wish i knew his name right carlo now Biaria. carlo Biaria. i wish that i really enjoyed his performance but his dracula was not really for me was, i kind of agree with yeah, you yeah it was kind of it was just a little too goofy for me and i i wasn't threatened by him right so you know that sucks for dracula but i still had a great time and it's a classic, So and Eva was great, so I'm giving this three ooeys. We're both giving it three ooeys. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we did it. Out let's, of the catacombs. Here we go. Let's get out of the Carfax Abbey <laughs> and uh, back to Transylvania where mm. we belong. Um, <laughs> make sure to uh, subscribe, rate, and review us. It really helps us to get listeners and uh, you know we want to hear what you think so leave us a fun review mm-hmm. follow us on social media at Uikoror on Instagram and on Twitter and follow our network at Sonoro Podcast and that's it don't drink anybody's blood drink water hang a little wolfsbane from your door frame just in case cook with a lot of garlic keep it classic uh, welcome back Johnny and uh, I fucking love you Johnny I fucking love you too we'll see you guys <laughs> in la próxima semana <laughs> uh, Adiós. Adiós.